Hello, hello, and welcome back to the A Show, the Kings of Pro. pro oh my God, <laughs> the caramel from the Snickers <laughs> got me it's fucked up. It's only been a week, bro. It's only been a week. You already forgot the whole super <laughs> jabber. J Five here <laughs> with meals. What's going on? A familiar uh, voice uh, welcomes you to the show this week. Wow, crazy! Listen, man. First of all, shout out to Jeff, Jeff J last week um, for holding it down. Really great job. I mean, you already know that. Everyone who listens already knew that. But just have to say, shout out to him. Also, shout out to us. Five years, bro. It's five years. We're like four days five. late. Five fucking years. Well, I know I missed it. Um, it wasn't my fault. I had to, you know, do something really special and, and really important. But you know, I would have been here if I could. Hey, man the 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 complete unadulterated timeline of J 5s employment through the first five years of the A Show is more than enough. Like that's a that's a draft diaries in itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, the fact that like y'all should be happy that I'm actually like doing something for where I work now and it means something and it matters to me and I really enjoy it. So um, You're thriving. We we've reached here. This is the career arc that uh that you sought after. So I feel like we're making we're making even stories just doing this show while we're talking about stories on this show. So I feel like just in year I mean, five years ago, how old were you? How how old was I five years ago? Oh, I was thirty. Thirty? See, there you go. And now you're thirty five. And I'm how the fuck am I old? Uh twenty, twenty two. I'm thirty two now. But you know what? We've changed, we've grown, you've gotten married, you've got, you know, new place you live. You have multiple dogs now. You were used to have all right, let me not talk about the old dog. But <laughs> the old dog. I still love that. <laughs> that dog don't know you no more, bro. <laughs> it's been trained it's to dog, kill. Dogs definitely know you after like the smell. My smell ain't different. You know what I mean? I still smell this mm. one my isimiyaki. <laughs> okay. All right. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm glad we can laugh because I woke up to some harrowing terrifying news this morning and terrifying i wouldn't say terrifying more sad sad as hell because i feel like i feel like even over just the course of doing these podcasts like more so in like if we counted from 2002 to 2022 i feel like 
in the last five years, we've said goodbye to more rappers and or public figures than we have in the previous 15 years. Right. Like, it's it's great. And I'm just like, bro, we got to. It was PNB Rock last month. It was Pop Smoke two years ago. It was Nipsey Hustle a couple months before that. And now Takeoff, um, rest in peace to Takeoff. And, you know, my thoughts go out to his family and, and, and you know, Offset and Quavo and everybody at this point. Because it's like some things I'm just like, bro, do we have – how do we get here? Like, how, how – like, oh, bro. It's since – it really is senseless. I mean, details are – I mean, obviously, there's he said, she said details about it, but, um, you know, there, there's a lot of things going around. We don't really know yet. Uh, I would advise anyone, if they're trying to look for, like, real details right now, do not go to the um, TMZ article <clears throat> for this because they have some pretty gnarly pictures of everything. And um, how do we get here? I don't know. You know, um, we have lost more rappers and musicians and legends before they turn 30 than I would like to even admit or, or talk about at this point. You know, it, it, it is. I think it speaks to where we are as a nation right now and not I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. People are just angry. You know, we are an angry, angry group of people all around the world. And I don't know what it'll take to fix that. You know, it, it's it's. That's the sad part, you know. Mm. I had I had the great opportunity to speak to some amazing kids <clears throat> last week while I was in Atlanta, and to see these kids taking advantage of and taking hold of their future and their careers, and I don't want that to be, you know, kind of shuttered out or or blown out for anything. You know what I mean? Like that that. The future is bright for a lot of these kids and the future was bright for a lot of these these musicians and, and artists that have passed on. We're losing our legends before they turn 30. Think about that. I'm 35. He'll never get to see that. A lot of them won't. Pop Smoke will never get to see 30. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, a, it's a really, really, really humbling and terrifying existence that we live in when all you could really do is say, well, thank God I woke up today. You know what I mean? And with it, in regards to takeoff, I said this earlier, it really says a lot that everyone is, is very hurt about this because we don't see many groups like Migos, but we also don't get to grow up with groups like the Migos. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and, and a group that had been around for such a long time. Now, I know they've had their own personal issues, and I really pray that they, they you know, figure this out at this point, especially between Quavo and Offset. But whenever they succeeded, it felt like we succeeded. Whenever, you know, they had tragedy or something happened to them, I felt like we had that too, when Offset was having marital problems and when Quavo and Sweetie were going through stuff and, you know, all of that. But even still, Takeoff was someone who, had largely stayed away from that type of stuff. He was largely doing his own thing. So it says a lot that everyone is so hurt as if he was our own family member because he is. They came up in a pivotal moment in our adult lives and it is okay to be upset and sad about it. But let's talk about his life. Let's not get wrapped up in comparing who's the best. Let's talk about his talent. Let's talk about what he brought to hip hop. Let's talk about what he brought to the world. 
mm-hmm. you know he's gone way too soon you never have the ability the opportunity to get married to have kids to really live what he wanted to do and all over something really senseless i just i just have to say rest in peace to take off my condolences to his family i'm i'm hurting for offset i'm hurting for quavo right now and i'm praying that we can do something better you know within within our community absolutely well said my friend um let's well what i'll say is want to give a in terms of transition want to thank again once again thank all of our patrons for subscribing to the a show um the a show.com well patreon.com backslash the a show rnc where you can always become a patron got a great community in the discord if you want to join the discord you can definitely come you know sign up to become a patron um drop a new episode of draft diaries this week we got into SummerSlam 2002. Um, one of the best pay-per-views of all time featuring, and you can hear, again, Justin, J5 on it. Also, Chris Novak on it. Again, into Shawn Michaels' return to the ring, which is like an, un, you know, I won't say even an unlikely story, but it seemed like, I mean, from all the research I've done, it seems like he could have returned earlier, but a lot of hashtag demons were haunting him. Um, he was the first one, I think, who coined demons. Um, actually, probably not. Now that I think about it, a lot of wrestlers in the 80s probably had demons too. Um, but return to the ring, able to do the damn thing, and it is a great... Also, we talk about a lot of food. Um I'm a, I'm a big fan of food talk on this episode. You got so the two, you got the two you, biggest, you got the two biggest foodies on the on the show too. Listen, man, come on, man. And how would one day? I mean, I don't know. What we got to do a mukbang or something? Would you do ever do a mukbang? <laughs> I would. What the hell would you eat? The thing is, meals. Here's your thing, right? Here's the thing, right? A lot of stuff sure. that people eat from mukbang shit that you don't eat. That's my no. thing. Like you don't eat seafood. <laughs> So what what the um, fuck could we muck? I'm not I'm not eating a bunch know. of fried chicken. <laughs> that was gonna be my first pick. Um uh, let's see. Come on, man. What's uh nah, everything is so filling and everything is so fried and everything is so expensive. Oh, damn. Nah, you can't eat mukbangs were not made for us as as a black man. I'm I've come to this conclusion. <laughs> mukbangs is how they're gonna further kill us. And then and destroy our people and destroy our race. So yes, I don't know. I guess mukbangs wouldn't be a thing. Um, these, these podcast mics is going to destroy our culture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me ask you something. All right, so what have you actually? What have you been watching lately? I want to ask you this before we get into big wrestling talk. Before we get into any other kind of talk, what have you been watching? What outside of wrestling have you been watching? Outside of wrestling, you know, like I, 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 you know, I realized a couple of months ago, like I, I, I watch very little, like real TV outside of wrestling. I feel like everything that I watch is wrestling adjacent in terms of it being slightly scripted reality based television. <laughs> but um, obviously, Christ. I watch. I need to catch up on the challenge I missed last week's episode. Um, That's okay. I was it's gone. I was... <laughs> Wasn't worth it. Uh. What happened last week? Actually, it probably was worth it to be honest with you. But you know, you you miss one, the next one is right there. Literally, they catch you up in the first thirty seconds, and then you're gonna be like, "Oh, I didn't really miss much." <laughs> okay, true. So, um, I've been watching the challenge. I've been watching Chucky, which is all timer. 
season, <clears throat> this season. The promotion that they do on USA and Sci-Fi completely worth it Bruh. for the show. It, it deserves all the promotion. Um, you see the Liv Morgan? Did you see Liv? No, I didn't see. It. I was just about to ask you. Did you see Liv Morgan get stabbed to death? Yeah, she did good. I w- I was shocked. Here's my thing with this: the, the WWE is so protective with their IP, right? I never thought yeah. they would have one of their own characters get killed on screen. Like you would never see a Disney do this. Like this is. I thought. I think besides. You know what Liv did. This is her dream. Like you can't really judge it that heavily. Like in terms of she can act or not. Like whatever. She's only on the show for like two minutes. But like, just how cool it was to see that is it's just a, a win in itself. I was gonna say. I was gonna ask you. Has The Rock ever been killed in a movie? And then it came to my head. The answer is completely yes. <laughs> yeah, the scorpion king. Oh, I forgot about that. I was talking about other guys. <laughs> Aim for the bushes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was—he wasn't killed as like The Rock. You know what I'm saying? Like he was killed as Dwayne Johnson. The Rock is actually because remember in Scorpion King, uh, or no, no, not Scorpion King. It was uh the Mummy, the Mummy, Mummy Returns, Returns one, Mummy Returns or Scorpion, whatever it was. But um, he gets killed in that movie okay. as The Rock. All right. Listen. He does the eyebrow well, not, in that movie too. It, um, not a more gruesomer death than Liv Morgan in 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 uh, Chucky. So shout out to that. Oh, she gets she gets gutted. Um, watching Chucky. Um, I fell off on a lot of my trash TV meals. I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't watch the season of Ninety Day Fiance. Wasn't into it. I I tapped out on um Love After Lockup. Um, not not Love After Lockup. Married at First Sight. I tapped out on that. You know what I have been watching that I just finished The Mole on Netflix. Okay, you know what the mole is. It's kind of I like a the, challenge. I, I know the mole from the challenge. So the first episode of the challenge, the girl lies about being on Love Island when she's actually been on the mole and she was the winner of yes. the mole, but she doesn't want people to know that she was the winner of the mole because they will automatically not be able to trust her. But in fact, she brings more suspicion and attention to herself by lying about it. And when people find out that she's on the mole, she's practically damn near in elimination almost every time. Yeah, I I mean the the show. I felt the finale was a little bit off to me. It was like thirty minutes. Most of the episodes near at least fifty minutes. This the the finale was thirty four minutes. I said, "What the fuck are y'all doing?" Like I was like, "Y'all rushed this finale like crazy." MTV would have gave you a commercial after every two minutes, and that shit. But um, I thought that it was, everything else but the finale was was fantastic. I thought it was a show that infuriated, but also interested me. Um, I mean, you know, I just finished 31 Days of Horror, so I just watched I watched a lot of movies in um in October, but I but I finished it. I have been watching so because of this promotion of FanDuel, you know, I bet on basketball. Um and I've been doing pretty well actually for the last number of weeks. So I'm pretty happy that basketball is back because I've been actually winning a lot of money. Um how many have you won? So, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to tap pockets, but how much money have you won? A <laughs> couple hundred dollars, to be honest with you. Um, oh yeah, you know nothing crazy, you know. No, uh, um, you how gotta. Is that, or do you go with what the market goes with? So parlays for me are a gift and a curse because I will always it will always be everything but one line that wins. So what I've been doing is actually I'll give you guys tips of the trade. I'm not I'm no Jeff J here, but you know I'm doing my damn thing. Um, <laughs> I'm I've just just been doing straights all of a sudden. And I don't want to make it too hot. 
because he's a friend of the show, even though he hasn't been on the show. I bet a lot on Tyrese Halliburton because he is legitimately the best thing that the Pacers have currently. And I've won a lot of money based on him. I don't want him to know, though. Um, <laughs> because sometimes, um, because basketball betting has become so kind of like, you know, pretty much popular over the last year, a lot of people would be in people, basketball players like DMs and ads complaining about them because they haven't reached like nine assists or like 40 rebounds or whatever the hell it is after the fact. And they'll start complaining and then they'll be cognizant of it as well. And we'll definitely keep that in mind while playing. So, you know what? I'm just like, you know what? I'm, why not bet on the people who support you? Um, isn't that what life is all about? Um, <laughs> but fans... If they don't help you hit the parlay, they have no, 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 no. It's it's all human nature, but it's it's just that human nature. Anyway, that's not the point of the story. FanDuel, um, I, all I had to do was bet five dollars, and I got three months free of NBA League Pass. Boy, I've been watching basketball every damn day since I got League Pass. I was like, damn, why haven't I had this before? This is incredible. I can just like any game that I want. I was like, what? I should have been had this. Um. Been watching Chainsaw Man. Actually watched a Chainsaw Man episode before we did this. So again, very I'm happy. Wait. I'm gonna wait till it gets a couple episodes in. We got we're like four episodes in. I don't know how much longer you wanna wait. But uh, honestly, the big evil hasn't been revealed as of yet. Um so you know what? I'll let you know when to tap in. How about that? Okay, yeah. No, I mean I've read the first volume, so I'm gonna tell me when it's past that. Okay. All right. Um, what I've been watching. Oh, all right. So this is going to be nice. It's going to be a preview for the next episode of um, Draft Diaries. Okay. On the next episode of Draft Diaries, one, it features Quan. So if you're a fan of the war report, it'll feature Quan. We talk about the real world Las Vegas. So I've been watching the real world Las Vegas for like the past like two weeks now. Yes. <laughs> It is one of the, it is definitely 2002 television and the soundtrack is really good. And it makes me realize like outside of, go ahead. Such a nasty season, by the way, you can just, the, the, the STDs emanate from that, from that season. We go character by character when we talk about this show. And I'm just like, bruh, everybody got problems. Everybody, everybody is some level of annoyance or some level of a fixture. It's like the seven deadly sins have been casted for a damn real world, to be honest with you. Um, and there's no like the, the, the sloth or the hunger thing isn't like um, food. It's like sex, you know, or something yeah, it's like that. Definitely sex. <laughs> um, Not a single so, soul. Bet, they, no one bet a chip on anything that season. They were just straight. No. All chain smoking and sex. <laughs> Yeah, that's Absolutely. all they cared about. Um, and what else I've been watching? Kind of that, you know what? Yeah, it's been a lot of wrestling, to be honest with you. Um, well, as much as I can. Sometimes I st- take a step back, but as much as I can. I haven't been watching AEW lately because the challenge is on at the same time. Um, so I'm not actually like caught up on whatever the hell happens. So I re- literally do have to listen to the war report every week to even like see what happens. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's what we're watching. That's what, that's the TV that we uh we're watching um in the world. So yeah, man. What, what in the wrestling world 
have been going on, man. Actually, you know what? Funny you say. We gotta go to Patreon. We gotta gotta go to Patreon. All right, Patreon. Yeah, patrons. I got a special. I got a special. A special uh, segment. I'm gonna spring on you today. Oh, okay. All right. Well. All right, we're back on public here. Had a had a little Patreon segment. Me and Mills talking about our favorite moments from the past five years of the A Show. Just five dollars, you get to hear some of that stuff. Let's get into no holds barred. First off, the top this morning, literally like an hour ago, PW Insider reported that some wrestlers, several wrestlers, have been released from WWE NXT. Bodie Hayward, Sloan Jacobs, Erica Yan, Damaris Griffin, and Rufang have been released from their contracts. All of them on NXT. Of course, uh, Hayward was in was, was pretty much featured nearly every week on WWE television on NXT and Chase U as part of that uh, stable with uh, Andre Chase and Thea Hale. Um, he was right in the middle of a storyline, but then he had gone missing literally last week. So I, my my alert didn't go off not seeing him there. I thought that I was just part of the story, but uh, apparently it was more real than people thought. Um, hey, man, I don't like that. I don't like when you write people off for television for storyline purposes and then actually let them go. <laughs> I think that's fucked up, in my opinion. Um, I think they had seen it. I think they had seen it. I'm I'm glad that it wasn't just like, remember when they had all of those releases? Like, remember Alistair Black got released and then the next week Biggie just moved on to something else? Like, it, yeah. it was, it, I'm glad that they're at least trying to do that now where it's not like, okay, well, how are you going to explain Alistair Black, Alistair Black kicking Biggie in the face and then not being there the next week? But it's like it's clear that they knew that they were gonna probably gonna release these people. They probably had a meeting. They probably were like, okay, you know, we've talked about this on, on several things. NXT at this point now, it's like you either got it or you don't. There's not gonna be no um you're here for seven years eating all the popcorn, um, watching all the videos using up all the lockers. There's not going to be none of that. It's really sink or swim. Use the best of this opportunity or find an opportunity elsewhere. And um, I mean, I have no strong connections to all these people. I think Bodie was a great talent and he seemed very um, earnest in his character, which I thought was the most um, amazing part about it. But now he can live his... Uh, Live his true dream. Probably get signed to AEW and become part of the gun club or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, some details on everyone else released. Some of these, some of these uh people had not even been seen on TV. Um, Jacobs, uh, real name Amelia Her, had joined the Performance Center this March at only 19 years old. And this was this was Sloan Jacobs, by the way. Uh, she was she was a participant in the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. She hadn't had a match since last summer. Oh, yeah, I wasn't I that. I wasn't that impressed with her performance. I remember her performance. I wasn't that impressed, but you know, yeah. Um, Yen and Fang—they were recruits from China who joined the Performance Center in July 2021. They had appeared on NXT Level Up and 205 Live. Uh, and Griffin had signed with WWE after taking part in the tryouts in 2021, and he made appearances on Level Up. This this seems to be like a Draco Anthony situation where it just wasn't really working out, even on the Level Up stuff. Um, and they just, you know, decided to cut ties. But I feel as though, again, a lot of these are recent. This- a lot of these are recent people too. Like you say, twenty twenty one. Like a lot of these came. Like the earliest they came were like last summer. Crazy. Yeah. And we heard this you know, from Cornell on our own show before when we interviewed him 
um, about the changes to NXT before 2.0 or when 2.0 came about. And then we heard it from Triple H's mouth in the interview with Ariel Hawani when it was like, hey, we're taking a more stringent approach, a more focused approach to making sure that these people can make it. And if they're not uh, advancing the way that we would hope them to, then we got to let them go. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, you know, one thing that it, that's just really crazy about it is that like th- there is a lot of people that we have not seen yet. So like even if these these five people are gone, there are another five people that may be TV ready. You know, they have Valerie uh, Valerie Lareda there, the former N- uh, MMA um, fighter is there too. She's yet to debut. So maybe you know that that leaves another opportunity for her to debut finally there. And I feel like the the as far as the women go on on 2.0, a lot of them are really getting their reps and, and learning. You know what I mean? And, and and really attempting to do this the right way. Um, the men are, are more like, okay, you have that core, but if that core leaves right now, there's a big hole in NXT, and they need to, they they have to really figure out who that next guy can be because it can't be all the UK talent who are to me holding that show up in terms of work rate right now. I agree. I just think, and then I just don't know in general how much of the UK talent is actually connected to the actual US audience. Not to say that they haven't, but I'm not sure how um, much they will compared to like a Braun Breaker or Carmelo Hayes. And really, if those are your two pillars of this NXT 2.0 moving forward, chances are you're keeping them there a little bit longer. Everyone expected Braun Breaker to be called up this year. I did not expect it. I don't expect him to be called up until at least after the WrestleMania thing next year, and he might still be there after that, to be honest with you. Um, But we really do have to kind of like establish the next generation of NXT. I I think the great thing about NXT Black and Gold back in those days is you, you constantly saw waves, and you you can definitely note the era of NXT by the talent, you know, previously starting off with that Neville KO Sami Zayn group and eventually moving on to the Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Samoa Joe group, and then, well, actually Nakamura Finn group. And then, you know, but you can mark that and be, it's time for the next wave of NXT 2.0 stars to really kind of like rise up. Yeah, it really, it really is. Um, it it is it is, it's sad. Obviously, that, that this had to go down, but um, we will see if there are more cuts. I mean, it 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 has to when it rains it pours with these types of things, right? Where where they they're doing that, and NXT doesn't nearly get as many cuts as, as main roster. So I, I'm I'm actually paying attention to to who they thought couldn't couldn't really hack it. So um, next up, I just saw something really interesting. Um, uh, you see Karrion Cross said that he doesn't think that Vince McMahon's resignation led to his return. I think, I'd be honest to think if Vince McMahon's resignation, if, if he thinks that led to his return, would he be assigned nonetheless if Vince McMahon was still there? Actually, probably. Um, but I'll wait for the Rough Riders to stop. But no, that's a that's an interesting uh, assessment. Yeah, no. <laughs> I no. I think Carrion. My thing with Carrion is this, and and I'll get to it when we actually talk about and predict his match on Crown Jewel. I think he is very very professional in the way that he talks about and handles things that come with being at that job and you have to be in order to survive. 
I think a lot of what his push constitutes and what they do for him is because of how he outwardly says things. We all know the truth <laughs> about what that is. <laughs> we can look at that quote and be like, oh, you know, you're, you're trying to be a stooge or a company man, but it's like, no, it seems as though regardless of what you call him, he knows exactly what to say to stay on their good side and to stay on TV. And that's what that read to me. I mean, yeah, to be honest with you. And I think, um, to be honest with you, there may be also an inflate, I don't know, I wouldn't say inflated sense, because he's been in a good position legitimately the entire time he's been in the company. I mean, outside of losing to Jeff Hardy that one time, realistically, he's been on television. I mean, he got released, but even he came back to a little bit of fanfare and a feud with Drew McIntyre, but he's always been in a great position. And yeah, it seems like he wants to keep that position, but... And, you know, an interesting take. I'm not mad at it for him saying it, but also don't agree. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> he said that he had no um, ill will towards McMahon or anyone in the previous regime. And, yeah, that's what he, that's what he felt about it. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> I got nothing to say. I don't know. He seems like a guy who's about his P's and Q's and definitely his Q's. But... <laughs> He seems like one of those guys. Um, you see this Bow Wow thing? I, I guess we got to talk about that before we get into like the other AEW stuff. Mm, I did see Bow Wow a little bit more than he could. Uh, I don't know. That's that's when wrestlers interact with celebrities online. It's thirsty. It is. But also, I have to see the original tweet. So what was the original tweet? I guess Public Enemies had tweeted something yesterday. And he saw it. And he said, um, let's go or something like that. And then Jade was like, that cost too much for you or something like that. And then some other shit had went down. Tony Khan liked the tweet or something like that. Could if Tony Khan Bow Wow? If, if, if he could. Bow Wow ain't doing shit. But if he does get, like, that's my thing. He's ahead of Millennium he, Tour. <laughs> I think that tour is over. But um, C-level stars don't make you anything more than a C-level company. That's just really the long and short of it. If you want to really tap in with the culture, you should get Amigos. You should you should spare no expense to get a Cardi B or a Megan Thee Stallion to show up on your show. You should be able to get a little Uzi Vert and it have made a difference. Do people remember that he was on that show? Earlier this year, he was on um Dynamite nah. or, or no. Rampage. He was on Dynamite. No, or Rampage. No, but but the, but the thing is, is that he he was on there without having anything to promote. So having Bow Wow to go, having Bow Wow go there to promote nothing means nothing. Migos, when they did Day One, were deep in the middle of their you know a a press run or a new album that they that they put out. They had new singles. They had stuff bubbling. They had stuff coming going on. A I, uh, let me read this tweet. Bala says, "Thought you were cool, broski. You called the dog out. Why? Swerve, <laughs> Swerve Strickland says, just seeing if you about that life in the ring, like you said, OG. Oh, did he brother. call Bala OG? <laughs> he OG called him OG. That is the most. Can you screenshot that? Can you screenshot that and then send me that in the text? Because anytime he does some goofy shit, I gotta let niggas know." Oh, brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> you know, I'm oh, trying to be OG. nicer. 
I'm trying to be no, nicer in this thing. I don't care. I don't give a fuck what. I don't even care if Bow Wow is older than me. I would never call him OG. I yeah, don't. You I don't know him. You don't know him. You know why? Because it's the most like ick writery uh, thing <laughs> that I've ever seen. Good lord. Nah, everyone's Let hopping into this. Bow Wow, the f- Bow Wow, the fourth member of the claim. He says, "Let's go, bro. I'm taking this seriously. About to start the process once tour is over." Um, interesting. Okay, it says Swerve Strickland calls out Bow Wow. Bow Wow expresses interest in working for AEW. Man. You got a good Millennium Tour that's sold out every night. And then I also hear he's super late to these shows anyway. Just do a mix. Just stick what you used to. Bow Wow, you like five foot four. Uh, you, you don't strike me as like very athletically gifted at this stage in your career. Um, I can't imagine the AEW audience would resonate with Lil Bow Wow, especially if they don't know who Trina and now are fabulous is. So... <laughs> Um, I don't know. Stick to the rivers and lakes that you used to, or wait till the WWE bag comes around. You know that bag will always, uh, will always find somebody if you're if you're there and you're I open to that, it. That, that bag is not gonna find. It's not gonna find Bow Wow. Let me just tell you, it's not gonna. No find Saudi him. bag. No Saudi bag for Bow Wow. <laughs> Saudi Saudi Arabia bag. <laughs> the prince has never heard "Take Me Home," bro. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he not bumping um, you know, <laughs> what my name is. <laughs> chicka 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 what my name is. Um you know what? <laughs> no, but um hey man. God bless all those involved. I'm yeah, I'm indifferent. <laughs> Very much so. Um you see that uh Cody denied that the elite and CM Punk made him leave uh, AEW to see him respond to that. I, that's one thing I love about Cody. He will not let no nigga speak on his name. Uh, hey, listen, the real one. Without a, without How about that? <laughs> what you notice who he didn't mention? He didn't mention Tony Khan. Hey now. Come on now. Come on now. He said no. He said, listen, it wasn't money. It wasn't these guys in particular. It was just somebody else in particular. And also wanted to go make that bag. Wanted to go see, listen, do I still... I, I didn't get where I wanted to be in WWE. Can I still do it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And listen, he doing it, so... We'll see when he gets back. Uh, let's, let's talk about this punk thing. I know you and Jeff J had a very... Uh, very good long-form conversation about it last week. I got a chance to listen to it on the way back here to California. Mm-hmm with a lot of things which i which parts did you roll your eyes at i didn't realize in any of it okay all right just making sure man just I making sure i would only I, roll my eyes if i was on the phone with you and i actually had to make up <laughs> I, I was on the call with the order roll my eyes but um i i mean more stuff has come out it's looking like it's, it's looking like the buyout is is happening the lead are on the way back um one thing I do not agree with, okay, I do not like nor agree with the smear campaign that is happening. The 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 now I'll I'll, I'll start this off right now. I'm no fan of CM Punk. 
But if you're try if you're if you if you want to make me feel bad for the guy, look at what they're doing to him right now. I want to ask you something, Mills. He's had two less than stellar situations with two different companies at this point, right? Yes. What? Why is there not that much? Like, like here's the thing: what WWE was fucked. What they did was fucked up. Okay, sending him the the firing on his wedding day, whether it was accident or not, is still bad optics. Okay, right. They largely stayed silent about a lot of that stuff, except Absolutely. for that, that, except for that one time. Then they, then that one time they re, they reposted a video of uh, kind of uh, denying that that he had that bump on his back or something like that, and they zoomed in on it. That remember that weird thing that happened? Yeah, I'm not sure if they actually posted it or if it, it was, was like right, right, and it was just like for that evidence. I would say the only kind of public statements they made about it was via Stone Cold's podcast, which was also featured on the WWE Network, where Triple H and or Vince McMahon at various times, you know, talked about the CM Punk situation and what went down, and they gave their you know very mum but still probably truthful to them maybe kind of discussions on it. Um, and this is, I want to say, actually, one was probably before the podcast and one was probably after the podcast or maybe both was before. I forget. But yeah. um, that's kind of really the only thing they give on it. And then also, you know, Stephanie, man, she throws a jab in every now and then. She's, you know, the man lost in, in UFC in like 40 seconds and there's chanting his name. She she has the right to address the people. Right. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, but I, I, I look at both the, the how both companies have handled this. One has handled this in a very like very insider way, not so publicly, but very much through the the dirt sheets, so to speak, where they're now saying and and let's also be clear, Punk's um his 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 media game is terrible. If you want to get that dog story over, my brother, you should have did that a month ago when people had the sympathy for you. As this has gone on, the sympathy for him has gotten less, less and less, even though he was the one who, from what we hear, won the fight. So now it looks like the elite are, have won the fight. They've won public perception the same way they did with Cody. They can control the narrative however they want to. They're now saying that he, he, he walked in. He looked like a psycho. He didn't care that Mega, the, the second in command of AEW, was screaming. He was just like, fuck my dog. I don't care. I'm beating the shit out these days. He was he, like all of this stuff. They just made him look like a raging lunatic. And I'm going to say this right now. I'm not so sure that he is as raging. I, 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 I will absolutely agree that he's a, a, a ornery, moody guy. We've seen this. We've even seen it in public interviews that they've done at AEW. I don't believe he was psychotic leading up to this. I can't believe a lot of these narratives. What about you, Mills? I can't believe the narrative that other people, especially former world champions, are putting out. Where like, I would have never worked with him. I requested never to work with him. And I'm like, to be honest with you, the the narrative that CM Punk essentially brought no value to the business just based on how the numbers is newsflash none of y'all are bringing that much value to anything and it, the, the value is even worse now that he's not there none of you guys are draws to be honest with you the only one who's a semblance of a draw seems to be mjf and you can really only do that with long 15 minute talking segments and you guys still have not realized this I believe that CM Punk did add value to AEW because, once again, I said it last week, these are the kind of fans. CM Punk invented, well, I think you even said this in the in the um, Discord, CM Punk pretty much invented that AEW fan base. Like, 
that fan base spurs off of a lot of his grievances that came from WWE, which fans themselves took and was like, oh, okay, this is also why we don't like WWE. And they saw him as a martyr to be like, yes, this is everything that's wrong with the business. We agree with him. This is our guy. And for them to necessarily like shut him out, smear his, you know, put a smear campaign all over and say like he brought nothing to the business. He was always a crubby, crabby guy, which may or may not be true. But to say like all these various different things. And I'm like, bro, there is no way in hell you guys signed him for as much money as you did and didn't think that he brought anything to the business because now y'all look stupid. And to be honest with you, they should look stupid because they sign a lot of people for money and don't use them in the ways that you sign someone that you pay that much as. Yeah, and and I think, again, you were warned. You were warned that this might happen. What what contingency plans did you have in case this did happen? As we saw after the fight happened, they had none. What contingency plans did you have? Resign Moxley. (laughs) Resign Moxley. Exactly. Like When you knew, you know he is crabby. You know he is generally discontent. You know what gets him that way. I think he was really dealt the like, listen, I was laughing my ass off. And what he did was wrong. Let's just be clear. You should not be doing that shit. You're an employee, bro. You're not a boss. And you, you beat up the bosses. Anyone can do that and you're going to get fired, right? But I think what they did was it was really smart. They drove him to this. And I, and I think they used his emotions against him. And I think Punk, being a, you know, in his 40s, should have known better that they would use that against him. They would use the fact that the Colt Cabana thing was happening against them. And they played it perfectly. I think they played this perfectly. They look like victims, Meals. They look like they were victims of CM Punk. And I think that that is crazy because where do we get these rumors from? Where do they just show up out of nowhere? Nobody knows. Where do these rumors go? Meals, do you believe that he got got, um, Colt Cabana fired? No. Colt Cabana still works there. (laughs) Exactly. Or he got him. He got a move. I was like... I do believe and, 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 that. I, they, what they I'll say is, I, yeah, I'll say that. I'll say they. I do believe that Tony Khan, in the best interest for business, because that he had this kind of like value guy who had such a major thing, he kept him apart for very, very long, and that was Cole Cabana not really being there. To be honest with you, and the only one who will tell us about this situation is probably Cole Cabana. Um, and if, you have a, and if you have the opportunity to get CM Punk, you fucking sign him. You know what I mean? Like, you you take that opportunity. If you have the money and you have the opportunity, I don't blame Tony for doing it. I'm just saying that even before you did it, you have been warned. I know people warned you. I know Jericho probably warned you. I know Cody probably warned you. They've worked with the guy. They've been in locker rooms with the guy. I know they warned you. I'm not putting all of this on CM Punk because he is going to continue to be, for better or for worse, the guy that he is. And now you got buyer's remorse and he's a piece of shit. He, you know, he's a psycho, all this other stuff. I'm like, bro, y'all really drove him to do this. And I hate, there's nothing more than I hate Mills that I have to defend this man right now. There is nothing more that I hate than having to defend this man. But this is crazy. According to Fightful Select, Fightful Select was told by numerous sources that Chris Jericho approached Punk unhappy about the brawl out. 
Why do they keep calling it Brawl Out? Um, fight as well as the nature of the scrum had just taken place. Jericho told CM Punk he was a cancer to the locker room and a detriment to the company. And I was like, wait, was this before or after he was kicking people? <laughs> he was kung fu fighting in the fucking locker room. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm so confused if Jericho knew all of this, why sign him? Why even tout that the signing is there? You know why? Because they're trying to do what's best for business. And at one time, CM Punk was absolutely best for business. And I still think in the long term, I think they missed out on a very long term opportunity because I do think he would still be great for the business. They need someone like CM Punk. There is a lot of new guys in AEW who, quite frankly, either are not getting the time and he can speak up for them or just don't know how to create compelling enough stories for people to kind of like sit down and actually pay attention to. And that's what I think CM Punk brought to AEW. But the issue is, and when they talk numbers, there's no, there's no doubt about it that CM Punk brought in a million dollar gate. He, he raised ratings for a, a period of time. Okay. They went to Chicago 16 times between August and, <laughs> and September of this those year. Rate, those ratings slid, though. They did slide. There were some low moments. I can't. And, and the thing is, is that the reality of CM Punk, and that goes from his in ring to his behind the scenes to literally the ratings, too. That is his reality. He is popular to a specific subset of fans, but not necessarily a lot of mainstream ones like we can Can say this can i say one thing though just one thing i do not blame the slide of the ratings on him i blame the slide of the ratings on lack of aew able to make compelling television because i guarantee and when whether or not this happens i bet if you put cm punk in a wwe ring something will pop up whether it be a rating, if you put him on Fox, and ratings are already good on Fox, so maybe that's a bad thing. But if, I mean, a bad example, because ratings are already good on Fox. But I guarantee if you put him in a WWE ring with a WWE story with compelling things against people who, not necessarily, who, people who are very experienced at what they do, because I don't want to shit on the AEW roster itself because they have really nothing to do with this entire situation, but overall how the companies kind of run, there is a lack of emphasis on the storytelling and there's a lack of emphasis on actually making good television. And that is the reason why things have slid. People don't need to tune in if there's nothing worth tuning in for. CM Punk is talking for what? What does CM Punk have to talk about? He, he's been here every week. I don't want to see CM oh, Punk talk. Or, or he's on commentary. Yeah. That was another thing. Like he would be on commentary. Bruh. Like what? Why do you? Why, I, I, why are you there? <laughs> somebody, somebody said this perfectly, right? And whether we agree or disagree, whatever, because I didn't watch the show for largely a large period of this time. Sorry, one more, just one more thing though. He spent after he feuded with Darby Allen, he spent like three months feuding with Team Taz. <laughs> Bro, well, like, he was, and, and he was attempting to get those guys over. I wouldn't have done it, but I, I get it. I wouldn't have done it, but I get it. He was trying to get those as guys the over. second feud. No, no, true, true. So, um, someone said that they feel as though Tony Khan had perfectly mapped out the first two years of AEW right down to the title changes. I think it was OSW said it. I, I watched their thing on the Scrum in preparation for this episode. I watched a bunch of promos in preparation for this episode. That he passed the first two years. They and they and they say the cutoff is Adam Page's title win. See, after that title win, Tony had no clue where else, where else to go. 
had no clue what the fuck else to do. And it's 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 hard to not see that 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 being true because after that there was nothing he had no clue what to do. He had he there, there's, I I could say that a lot of people probably thought the TV was was really bad at that point, actively bad. And and now you have a situation where because of the way that you run your company, after the Cody thing happened and all of that stuff went down, I meals I am still trying to figure out how they allow Punk to go on television say that shit to Adam Page and they not nip it in the bud that night and have them talk that night. Even the night he did that shoot, whatever, I got to commend Punk for not losing it on him. If that was, if that was really the shoot that w- w- set it all off. Hey man, if you beating people up, I'm yeah. <laughs> if he was out here kicking ass. Um, <laughs> I do applaud, I guess, the the being able to like hold out on that, but not nah, restraint. I, I, I'll, yes. I'll say restraint is crazy on that because he comes out after that, but the same way I did the um the Cody the, his final promo. Remember that? I always tell people yes. to listen to that promo very closely to that. I was listening to the 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 Adam Page thing, and that was not just about Adam Page. That was about that was about a lot of people who wanted to come out. He was trying to fight him that night, Meals. <laughs> he had months to stew on that. As they as the rumors when he was out, that's when all the rumors of the locker room not liking him came out after he got after he injured his foot. And I was like, that's so weird. The smear campaign started literally after he won the title. Literally. This man did not last a year in this company. He did not last a year. He was out by his anniversary meals. That is the craziest story in wrestling. Amen. In a, in a, in a, in a year of crazy stories, I would say it's probably Vince. One, this shit is probably number two in far of, as far as implosions. Because how do you fumble it that what other major, not to say that every major star has the same problems that CM Punk has, but like if this is how we're doing it, like, bruh. You can't keep CM Punk, the one guy who bolsters the audience that you have. No, he doesn't do crossover thing. But I also blame that once again on the company because they make no attempts to appeal to anything other than, you know, the people that they are. You're going to hear this week, probably from Quan, about going to the live show, going to their live Rampage Dark, whatever it is, and it being a terrible, terrible, terrible show that's only filled with wrestling and absolutely nothing else. It is AEW is the major problem for AEW. And to act like CM Punk was this big black eye on the business is just something that's covering it up. Because you have Chris Jericho in a mighty high position. Chris Jericho, no, Chris Jericho benefits from all of this because he is the top guy there. And he's the most recognizable person there. So anything he says is going to go. But if you had somehow signed John Cena, Roman Reigns, um, you know, the Undertaker, Edge, anything like that, Chris Jericho moves down that list. And you know what? Chris Jericho ends up probably leaving if they sign another yeah, he, few yeah, other bigger stars I was, than him. I, I was just going to say that. Jericho would have quit. He would have been like, it's just yeah. like the old days. <laughs> He is benefiting from the mere fact that he is the top dog in this company because he is the only one outside of the WWE bubble. He's literally the your only core, one. Your core locker room leaders, as it stands, this is according to Wade Keller, is John Moxley, 
Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho. I would de- I would not take direction from two of them. I would probably listen to Moxley. I'm not going to lie to you because I feel like he has a he has a real emotional connection to those guys in there. That's a good mm-hmm. signing. And make this the Moxley company. Dan Bryan, absolutely not. Absolutely not. When has he ever been a leader? Brian loves wrestling, and that is okay. <laughs> That's fine. But other than I'm that, not, you're not leading me to nothing but 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 damnation, Armageddon, <laughs> bro. I'm absolutely not. I'm not listening to Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho. I'm a hundred percent not listening to. So like it, it it really is like really sick that, that that that's that's what's going down and the elite are back the elite are back i would expect them to 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 lay out thinly veiled shots at cm punk because they won they won regardless of what tony may have wanted to do meals the burden of proof falls on on punk for starting the fight and they had a yes. bunch of witnesses that he started the fight and that's why he has to go. If it was up to Tony, I swear to you, he probably would not have been have had to make this decision that he has to make right now. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. But the burden of proof is on CM Punk, and that's that's why he's losing. So before we get before before we we end this topic, do you think that CM Punk will return to WWE, or is it too early to say? I don't think it's too early to say. I do think he will return to WWE at some point in the future. He's currently injured for whatever reason. Do I think he's going to run over to WWE? No. But I do think that talks will begin. And I think what need what can happen is what's probably going to happen, which probably should have happened in AEW, is that conversations will begin that will smooth over everything that happened in 2014. Because the old regime is not there, and they can promise a new direction of the company. If Vince McMahon is still there, does CM Punk come back? I would probably say no, not really. But with Triple H in charge, I mean, once you get over that hurdle, and Triple H, quite honestly, he's more so about the business. So unless there's an actual like thing they cannot really find a place on, it's probably going to happen. At best, Punk will be a super, super part-time person that only... I, I, I can't call... If he's gonna do Saudi Arabia, but I could see him showing up January leading to April, disappearing, showing up July leading to August, disappearing, and then not coming back and, and doing that type of schedule. He's gonna be on a goal. But as schedule. he should he should have done that in AEW, which to me was blowing right. my mind. Like that to me, literally sitting there, no offense to Team Taz, feuding with Team Taz, sitting there and commentary and getting beat up by Will Hobbs for whatever fucking reason. And like Coming here every week, every week, I think that was the reason why you can't take CM Punk every week. You clearly need him in short doses, and he also needs wrestling in short doses. Because there, as week by week, he's going to get crabby. He's like, why do these niggas keep having the same snacks? Why are these the same guys still playing video games in the hallway? Don't they have something better to do? Why don't they, you know, why do these people keep talking about me? Who's that they keep texting on the phone? How come everyone, you know, knows Sean Ross sat by his first name only? Like, what? Like, <laughs> there's going to be so much stuff backstage that, like, <sighs> he needs a part-time schedule. He's a part-time guy, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. 
we'll we'll keep you guys posted on any new news and we'll give you guys our takes on that. Um do we want to get to Crown Jewel but first kind of talk about the shows really quick? Yeah, let's let's breeze through the shows because we had probably a Emmy award winning segment um to kick off SmackDown last week that I deserve that I think deserves flowers and then some. Wow. Um SmackDown. Am I bugging? Am I bugging? Wait, hold on. I I just I like it. I just don't think it was as strong as the t-shirt one. I'm standing on that one. I I I the t-shirt Sammy getting the t-shirt is one of the best WWE segments in like five years to me. I can like, agree. I can agree with that. I think this is a strong number two. Yeah, it, it's it's strong too. I mean, on a week where like the Bray Wyatt, Wyatt return, I would even probably put over this. If you're talking bloodline things, I, I think Romans has some pretty strong segments. Man, you're a liar. It's pretty strong. I feel I feel like people like it a lot. I'm not trying to make people feel bad for liking it. I'm not trying to make you not like it. I think a I lot of people right really now. like. I'm just letting you know. I feel, <laughs> I think people really like seeing wrestlers break character. And I think it's interesting and novel because it looks to be natural. And I think that is completely fine if that's why you think this is great. I think it's in terms of like storyline and stuff like that, it does not Friday didn't advance the story to me at all. We've kind of seen different alterations of this in the past couple of weeks. I like this segment a lot. I still think the t-shirt segment advanced this story in a way that this segment did not. I feel like it was just them riffing for 20 minutes. This is very not oozy of you. I'm just letting you know. Just very not oozy of you. See? See? You just... Listen, I... Sorry. I watched this segment multiple times over the weekend. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. How are you watching this multiple... Anyway... So uh, that happened. Uh, <laughs> Funny as hell, bro. <laughs> the I won't say it's a split, but the issues between the bloodline seem to be rising uh, ever so slightly. I'm not too sure Sammy will be in Saudi Arabia. He's never gone before. So I don't think he will be with them uh, at that main event. No. Nah, he's like, he's, he's never gone. <laughs> yeah, he, he's never gone there. And I think the the real thing is is that you can't advance that anymore but i would fully expect them to play a part in whatever's going to happen uh at crown jewel i thought it was a it was a good segment you also i mean i felt like friday was the go home even though this friday is the go home which was taped let's go home to me <laughs> well, no we got ray versus gunther i'm definitely tapping into that but um oh yeah that's this okay. yeah happening to that but i i i thought it was it was a solid show nakamura's back out there um i am not too upset with legato losing because they they will end up losing to someone that's legit hit row is not legit like nakamura is legit if this leads us to what is actually a real feud with nakamura versus santos i'm completely into that i'm less into the hit row stuff i feel like they're 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 like a mid-card act to me okay i i agree I agree absolutely 100%. Um, I, while I did like the six-man tag, I fully agree with that statement. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm more into that. I, th- I think Santos, he, he has it. They just look cool. They just they just look fucking cool. And 
once they get them started, my, that's this is my thing. You're 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 teasing the Vikings. You have another tag team in Legato. You have a lot of stables. Let's get the Usos working with these guys. Even if they don't fucking win the titles, let's get them working with the Usos. You know what I mean? They they need to be facing off against other people than the Prophets and the New Day and the the Brutes and stuff. Or are they, I mean, they can still face the Brutes, but the Brutes need they need a tag team to face too. Like they we we need some we need some shakeup here with the Usos, especially with their their title run. But um, yeah, I, was, I, I thought SmackDown was solid. I, I I didn't hate it at all. Um, Raw. What do you think about it, um? What do you think about uh? Quick, quick, quick. What do you think about Emma returning? Do you think the value that she, she had? That she she looked she looked really good. Okay, um, if if this is if this is what H is doing to build a roster and getting people who can work and who can be hands and that can take pinfalls if need be, can get wins and and make people think that someone's gonna lose stuff like that. Like that's what you need. We need an actual women's mid card that have talented women in it. Their mid card was Dana Brooke for a really long time. Okay. I know people are going to be fucking upset at this. I feel like Emma, to me, is a net positive. I feel like Dana Brooke does work hard, but I don't feel like she could have provided you or had the match that she had with um with Ronda Rousey on Friday. Mm-hmm. I thought Emma looked really good in that match. And even in a loss, she looked she looked really great. I, I know a lot of people don't like people re-debut and immediately lose, but you needed to have something like that. You needed to have a, a, a former kind of, you know what I'm saying, a big-time star show back up. She had the timing down. Her moves looked fucking crisp. I think she's better than she was when she left, you know, and 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 I can't wait to see what they do with her. Absolutely. Um, raw, very pulpy show for the Halloween episode. Very pulpy. It, it really revolved around because I mean, these are the biggest stars on the show. It really revolved around damage control and, and Bailey, the return of Asuka and Alexa Bliss, which I thought was a really cool moment, and the main event, which I thought was was it was really surprising. But it will lead into what I what I think is going to happen in Crown Jewel. I thought it was a great match, though. <clears throat> I'll be honest. I spaced out for one second because of a work thing. Repeat what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, we I was talking about Raw and, and how good that uh, how good um, Bailey, uh, not Alexa, and Oscar looked in the main event. I, th- I thought they they looked super strong. I liked, I liked the ending of the show. Per- personally, I mean, I'm not a big like. I, I don't think we need to do a have a grand discussion about things every time someone loses the women's tag team titles because <laughs> it just is what it. It's not. I don't want to say the title isn't real, but it's like it's not a real focal point of the show. It's really just to have other women do things, but I really did enjoy the main event of the show. I think they use all factors from the show, including the Bianca Belair and and Bailey moment with the Bailey to Bailey through the table. Um, But but you know, you know, my issue, you know, my issue is I wouldn't say that those, I wouldn't say that those belts are nothing. Okay. The belts have had multiple people hold them. Okay. They've had multiple people hold them, but they've, They've also like established. No, I'm not gonna say that. It's the, the belts aren't nothing. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel as though they they've had they they've had matches. They've been given time that they would not have had. This isn't just a hot shot in like a four minute match. These matches are that they've been having going 15, 20 minutes. They're hotly contested. They're hotly coveted. They want these. Like look at look at how they had Dakota and and and, and EO sell on the outside when they lost the titles. Look at what they did when they won the titles. Look at what happens when you know the 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 ebb and flow of these titles. In order for it to to mean something, it doesn't need to be a long reign. 
it needs to be a, a chase. It needs to be someone constantly trying to go for these titles to make them worth something. It's the same. It's the issue they're running into with the U.S. title where I don't feel like enough people want it. Why the fuck doesn't Riddle want it right now? Why the fuck doesn't, you know what I'm saying, Chad Gable want it right now? Why, why wouldn't Austin Theory be trying to go back after it now that Bobby Lashley doesn't have it? We should be having more team, more women in the teams to, to get these. I'm, I'm not going to say they're not nothing because they still, it, it to me, is being presented as it's a coveted title that they want. They wanted those titles on that night, and they got them. And, they, and I can't say that for a lot of the titles that they have. I just think there's never truly, besides maybe the begin 2020, um, I just never think there are any like actual stories revolving around the titles. Really? Like, it, it it just ends up being women put into things to face for the titles. So that's not what's that's going what on I, here. That's not what's going on here. You have a real beef between six women and they, right. they took these women out a month ago. That's the story. Right. They say, you take us out, we're going to take something from you. That's the story. Right. It wasn't just something that they thought of out of thin air. Like they usually do. What? I will agree with you. 2020, they was uh-huh. doing that until Bailey and Sasha got them titles and they were just holding them for a while. Uh, uh-huh. I'll say Natty and, Natty and, and, and Naya. That was another one where it was like, why the fuck do they still have them? They need to, they need to let these titles breathe. And that, that's what the word I was looking for. Let, let, or Tamina, yeah, sorry. And like they they were they they weren't letting them breathe. Now they let them breathe. People are getting they're they're getting a shot, and they're also having good matches, and they're also having matches with different women. Shot seeing Raquel getting a chance, a lot of people getting chances. I can't say that these these this win isn't the result of a of a long storyline that they've been having since August, where they took these women out, and because they took these women out, they came back for revenge, and they weren't prepared, and they lost. I mean, I don't know. I still can't. <laughs> to me, just in general, like it's a there's no like massive women's title program or anything like that to me. Like even this is still like, yo, they're back tonight. Let's have the tag team title match and we're gonna take them off them. And then like what they're probably gonna fight them again next week. Like to me, there's no like story surrounding where people like, yo, I want the tag titles. This to me seems like an extension of the Bianca versus Bailey feud. And it is, but it has it has spun off into another rivalry. And now you have these six women having matches, having good matches also, but you already know the long game is this month. That is the long game. We it's gonna mm-hmm. get announced any day now. We know that that's the long game. In order to have this type of long-term feud, you have to have someone lose the title sometimes. You have to have no, somebody no. lose. You have to have look bad sometimes. Like, that's just what it is. I, I cannot, I just can't stand on someone saying this is not a storyline. It is absolutely a storyline. I just, I don't, I don't know what is expected. Like, these are the women that are in contention for the title because they beat everyone else, except for the women they took out for it. These, these are also the women that helped that that's prevented them from winning the titles the first time, which is even deeper than that. But they, but they also did beat them that one time too. But I feel like just in general, to me, they cheated. Right. I feel like just in well, you know what? We're taking too long on this because <laughs> we have a whole shit to predict. To be continued. Uh. So after this, um, you had. Seth Rollins in theory had a had a banger. I was very pleasantly shocked about that shit. Um, I I think Seth. 
if he's not in your top three for this year, I don't really know what to say. You know what I mean? Like really I, I, I think he's he's given a lot of people their 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 best matches of the year so far. Um, a very you also well had the rounded wrestler. You had the Johnny Gargano investigative report, which I am all for taking some of the ridiculous shit that he did in NXT to build his character into that like annoying smarmy person, uh, and doing it on the main roster, I would be concerned that they do not do this to the point where it causes people to, to start healing or, or to, to him to, for him to look like a heel. This, this to me was like very funny. Like I thought, I thought it was a, a good babyface move. I wouldn't do it all the time because it, it would start making him seem like the mean one and not like Miz. You know what I mean? Like, cause, cause honestly, like other than being a, a punk and a coward, what has Miz done to deserve any of this stuff? I thought it was really me. I mean, you tell me. I'm the one trying to figure all this out. Why did and 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 Miz seeking you know help from possibly the the biggest large thing that he can help? Maybe he can you know Roman Reigns Miz collaboration Miz X Roman um, something to that matter, and then he gets punched in the face again. So I'm really why is everyone being mean to Miz? Why is he the heel again? Even though he's been kidnapped multiple times, choked out multiple times. Being obviously some sort of propaganda, some some smear campaign against him, being punched in the face by the tribal chief. I think that um, it was it was really like I thought it was a great segment, really really well produced. Um, I, I I think that they're attempting something with 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 Gargano, and I'm not, I'm not too mad at it. Um, I just I just think that it was also really good. What's really good about storytelling lately, for some of the stories at least is there is a continuity to it. Of course, they're using the Gargano NXT connection. They're, they're giving you slight little uh, hints at Indy and or the, the, the way and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like with, with Johnny dressing up as their characters from NXT, but also going way back to the first time he, he even, um, uh, you know, Dexter even showed up and showing you that, you know, he's paying for this guy to do this for him to kind of take him out. It was kind of like, I saw somebody say this. I don't want to steal it from anyone. I, I know someone said it. I but I saw I thought the same thing that the 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 Jesse Smollett thing where he he hired somebody to beat him up in order to get him out of these tough situations and I thought that that was kind of like a, a really cool way to show just how smarmy Miz is with his money. Miz has only made good investments. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, I I again another Ohio connection. So when we finally do see Miz and Gargano. I think Gargano should be able to wrestle for for uh, Dexter Loomis's soul <laughs> in his contract at WWE, which is where I think they'll go. And I think Miz and, and Gargano could potentially have a banger if that's where they want to go with that. Um, you had Riddle wearing some two take them draws off, man. I mean, not take them draws off, but but change your change into your regular hey, draws. Hey yo, <laughs> I've always change into your regular draws. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, what else happened on the show? Not much. You had a good Halloween. There's a lot. There's a lot that happened. It was. A, I thought it was a really solid uh, MVP promo that happened on, the, on on this episode. Bianca and, and Nikki opened the show, which I thought was really good. Getting Nikki back out there, show what you can do. Uh, I'm I'm waiting to see what they're gonna do with her. Um, but again, same with Emma. You need that. You need that mid card action. You need that one person that can probably beat everybody on the show can't beat the champion you got to have the you got to have the tier in the hierarchy so i thought it was a, it was a really good defense for bianca really i mean not defense but a really good match for her um i it, a lot of a lot of doubt being set in for her 
this week as well. JBL talking about the woke stuff. I'm like, you don't want to lean too heavy into that because as much as you want to like get heel heat, we in a different world. You know what I mean? Like we're in a very different situation in a very different era where that type of stuff can come off as, as very crass. Also, he's getting more heat than Corbin. So maybe he needs to like take it a few steps back. <laughs> yes, he absolutely does. Um, I, I thought when Corbin got in the mic, the the crowd kind of was looking at JBL to say something. And I don't think Corbin has, I don't, and here's my thing. I don't think Corbin has ever had an issue or problem getting heat on himself. So I'm still wondering how long the JBL thing is going to last because Corbin can get heat on his own. JBL to me is not being a good manager. And that's, uh, that's what I'll say. Maybe that's my hot take. If JBL was being a manager, you know when to take a step back to allow your, um, the person who's supposed to be focused to get focused on. You don't spend the first five minutes insulting the town so they all hate you. And then you bring out a guy who they're not really, they, I mean, they don't like Baron Corbin, but it's not like they like completely hate Baron Corbin. Um, yeah. So I think he just needs to take a step back just in general. Just, you know, take a step back. Yeah. Um, I, and, and honestly, the Roman, the Roman Reigns segment, I mean, I thought that was good. It was solid. He's a fucking baby face. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. He's a baby face now. He just is. Logan's getting no reaction. I don't know what reaction he's going to get on Saturday, but he's, he's not going to get a bigger reaction than Roman Reigns. Hey, man. Saudi Arabia, anything can happen. <laughs> Speaking of Saudi Arabia, let's get into it. Crown Jewel. This Saturday. Crown Jewel. 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Seven matches on this show. Let's start it off from the bottom. The Usos versus the Brawling Brutes, Rich Holland and Butch for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. This is a match to get these guys on the show. Sheamus also forgot to say congratulations. He just got married. So they're giving him some time off here and letting the boys handle this one for him before he comes back. Uh, what do you what, what say you, Mills? What do you, what do you got? I'm a big fan of this match, and I look forward to this match. I think they're going to have a banger. I think there's going to be a lot of near falls, but ultimately it's Uso time. The Uso is going to take this one. Sorry to the brawling boots, brutes. Sorry to those guys. But yeah. Yeah, I got the Usos winning too. Again, I'm fine with the shakeup. I just want more shakeups. You know what I mean? I, I need some shakeups to the tag division. If the brutes aren't going to face the Usos after this, that's fine. But bring in Legato. Bring in the Vikings. I want to see some really good tag team wrestling so we can see more competitors show up and, and show out for these matches. So I also think that um, the Usos are going to win this. The, the key is, is that, that, you know, will they be able to uh, coexist as they've, they've, they've been going at it themselves. So I think that'll be part of the story as well. Um, let's go to a fun one here. Braun Strowman versus Omos with MVP. In the build to this, I will say right now, since his return, Braun Strowman has torn the house down everywhere he's gone. I, th- I think that people, it goes without saying, he's, he's drawn views on YouTube. He's drawn ratings on TV. He, he pops the house every time he comes out. I like the way they've been using him, Mills. I, they've used him sparingly. He's not in any big programs. If they need him to, to go out there and make the crowd happy, he does it. I, I like the way he's been ha- handled. Omos, I'm a little bit more like they got to get something rolling with him. I'm a big fan of them doing this match this early because Omos needs something. Um, they, they, he's been kind of floundering since the Bobby Lashley match at WrestleMania. And now they have something big time. And this actually feels like a big time match. Um, 
<laughs> I don't have much to say about this match because I I feel a couple different ways. One, almost absolutely does need something. I hope whatever this does spins off to actually something because considering Braun Strowman's on SmackDown, almost is on Raw. Realistically, in any other non-Saudi situation, this would never happen. So clearly, when whoever wins this match will get bragging rights and probably will be able to move on with their lives in an upward trajectory, and the loser will, I don't know, keep doing whatever the hell they're doing. Um, I do not, I feel like I should abstain from a winner because I honestly don't know who's going to win this match. Like, I really don't. I don't know. (laughs) It is indeed, to me, the most interesting, especially for a match like this. Usually... I won't say we don't care about these types of matches, but like we're usually like, ah, whatever, it's gonna be chaos. But like I'm in it for the spectacle uh, of it. I'm I'm not in it for to see who's going to be entitled contention after this. I'm really just in it for the spectacle. Winner is me. And who's gonna be <laughs> who's gonna be who's gonna do a Canadian destroyer? Um I, I, I gotta say, if you're going to try and really make Omas something. You gotta have him win here, right? He's gotta win here. Braun will yeah. still be Braun if he loses. Braun will still be Braun if he loses. Omos will will he's bigger than the guy. You have him take out Braun, you have Braun doubt himself, and you run this back in a couple of months, maybe at the rumble. Like I think that's like the the, the best way to do this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they'll see each other again at the Rumble, I'm sure. Yeah, that's all. That's I'll, all I have I'll to say, say about this. I have nothing. I have yeah. I have nothing. I don't know. I'll go Braun just for fun at this point. Right. Um. Next up, you have steel cage match between Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross. Uh, the, the sales have been taken out of this one somewhat after the strap match at Extreme Rules. I'm really wondering what they're going to attempt to do with Karrion. You have Drew once again after a loss to Roman Reigns saddled and yet another kind of what the fuck feud where it's like this is a guy that is so clearly someone who if the belts were split, he would have one of them right now. But because that's not the case, he has to kind of flounder around in these feuds. Karrion Cross, I was willing to give a chance. I don't think that he himself is singularly doing anything wrong. He cuts a good promo. His matches are completely serviceable and fine. The crowd do not care. And I think it's it's partly to do because the spooky gimmick, they don't take him serious in that role. I, I just think that him coming off as someone who does all the spooky TikTok appearing, disappearing, all of that stuff, it's not really rubbing off. It's not, it's not coming off the way that they, they think it's coming off. And I think to this detriment, He's kind of killing it. He's, he's kind of killing this whole mystique, and he's also killing the mystique of Drew. I think Drew needs to get in there. I think Drew needs to win this match, and I think they need to stay far away from each other, and, and Karrion needs to kind of, dare I say, like, I, I don't know if he could even work as a babyface. They need to find something for him on this roster because I, I do think he has inherent skills. He can talk. I don't think he's bad at that. Just no, one, no one cares. I think... A large part of it, I would like to think that Karrion Cross thinks he's the baddest guy on the roster, but he's not. Um, <laughs> I would like to think that 
we're seeing something new and completely different with carrying cross, but we're not. So I think carrying cross just in general needs to figure out, find his own lane. The thing that was working before probably won't work right now. They need to kind of like pivot, not necessarily in a hard direction, but move in some other direction where he can establish himself in a different way because you have Roman Reigns on the show. You have Bray Wyatt on the show. Roman Reigns is the baddest guy on the show. And Bray Wyatt pretty much has the monopoly on all the spooky shit that's going to happen. He's going to get that budget no matter what. He might take your black and white thing, to be honest with you. He might take your, he's the one who carries the lamp, you know, so that, that, that hourglass shit might have to, even though the hourglass shit is type hard, but, um, he might have to do that as well. I think, yeah, this feels, it, it feels, and the large part of it, it also feels like this is Drew's like consolation prize as a feud. It doesn't feel like yeah. something to the caliber of Drew McIntyre, to be honest with you at this point. And when I see Steel Cage match, um, I say this probably could have been on SmackDown. <laughs> Yeah, it could have, but again, it's Drew McIntyre, and he he is a he is a main event guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just because he lost to Roman doesn't mean he stopped being a main event guy. But it's like he's gonna get that spot. But it's like you're not treating him like a main event guy. Like, I've been like free Drew for a really long time, and I thought you did that after Mania when he beat Baron, and he had to wait another what four or five months just to get the Roman match. You know what I mean? And he just he floundered for such a long time. You know what I mean? And I, I just think that we're, we're at this time where it's like. Roman ain't losing this anytime soon. So what the hell are you going to do with Drew? And you better not turn him heel. <laughs> because we don't want to see that either. He's, he's, to me, a great baby face that you guys are doing, uh, you're not doing enough with. And, and it's really frustrating to watch. So I think Drew wins this. Um, next up, you got the OC, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson versus the Judgment Day. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley in a six-man tag match. This should have had a stipulation. In my opinion, it should have been like a any uh, false count anywhere or no holds barred type match. I, I think that it's it's up there. Um, I've enjoyed this storyline. I think that Rhea really adds a, a piece to it, and the in the question of how do they neutralize Rhea Ripley becomes a question going into this match. I think the OC needs a win in this situation. Yes, because they have not gotten any wins in any of this thing at all. Carl won on Monday. He won on this week. All right, right, right. I forgot about that one. Um, but nah, I think the OC probably needs a win in this to keep, if they want to keep this thing going and keep this thing moving. Um, if that is the case, indeed. But yeah, I think. Um, I don't know. Should be fun. Nonetheless, I mean, gonna- I think even without it. What happened? It's gonna be great. I, I I think that I think that on the judgment day side, these guys are, are are really cooking with gas right now. Um, I think Finn is doing to me his most, and this is up there with like the print stuff. He's doing his most inspired and and downright like hilarious, <laughs> like character, like some of his best work in WWE so far. Like Gangsta Finn is hilarious to me. Like he really is buying into this like. Like he really thinks he's a gangster with all these people next to him, and, and I re- I really enjoy seeing him. I I think AJ is a lot more um inspired than he's been in the last year when he's got his boys back, uh, and and I do think they need a win. A, a win here won't hurt the Judgment Day because they've looked so damn strong since Extreme Rules that I think you can have a win here, and you should be leading us to AJ versus Finn, 
and and matches like that and and really doing something with the tag team of Damian and Dominic. I think Dominic really needs to be in the tag with Damian to kind of learn his timing and, and learn how to really get that that heel work off. Who do you think is winning? I think I think I think the OC is going to win also. Um, I, I think it'll be a good win for them. And I think that we, we get into they need to do some type of like like gang warfare match at Survivor Series if they're not going to be in, in war games, because I and I've said this before, it is it's going to be such a such a, a sad thing if Judgment Day doesn't get to make it into war games uh, because it's going to be primarily for the bloodline, because I think they're like the second best faction in the company right now. Hey, man, bloodline got five people already. Ain't no more room for no more niggas. <laughs> I, I know. That's why I'm like, they need to have six. <laughs> three teams, four teams, four team war games, four rings. Um, Even if you do technically kind of still do the elimination thing with them, have OC add a woman to the to their group for for the time being, and then um, do an elimination match at Survivor Series and have that be your kind of like tra- traditional elimination match. I think that would be fun. I mean, I think that's very possible. To be honest with you, because I think you you give AJ or Lou or not Luke but Carl like that little slot where they might be outnumbered and stuff like that. Like, because I think honestly, AJ and, and Carl are like two, the the two best workers in their faction right now, and you'll you'll allow them. Or the, the another big key here, Meals, is that you leave Dominic to be the only person left on the team and having to figure it out, and then that would give him more heel heat. I think that would be really fun. Or maybe they somehow figure out this Rey Mysterio thing and somehow Judgment Day is put across the ring from Rey Mysterio or some shit like that. I don't know. Um, I feel like Rhea Ripley, now that she's, I guess, seemingly like very, you know, moving back into the wrestling thing, they should like soft, not necessarily put her in the women's division, but like kind of like soft, like try that thing out. Maybe she becomes a sole survivor. Maybe we start working towards Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair at some point. And, uh, yeah, let that be the story. Speaking of Bianca Belair, last woman standing match for the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Bailey. First of its kind for the women in Saudi Arabia here. This this the they've been feuding for the better part of the last 3 or 4 months here. Uh to me this this is yet another piece of this story. You had EO and Dakota lose the tag titles. And I think it was honestly because they we, we know what's probably going to go down on Saturday. I, I think Bianca might be losing this thing. No, nah, I'm picking Bianca Belair to win. <laughs> I feel like just the, the save money as a better is always on Bianca Belair. Like, I can't imagine her if staying down to 10. If she wins this, well, she don't got to stay. It, it'll probably be something under her, like table or some shit will be under her. Um, but I, I I think if she wins this, I'll put her in the Roman Reigns class of I I'm never betting against them ever again. But and Roman to me only got that after the Drew match when I was like, all right, I was so sure he was losing that one. But I was like, okay, I'm never betting against him again. I I, I think that they wanted to avoid a all the gold angle. I think that they were able to do that Monday so that if they wanted to clear the way last minute and say Bailey wins the title, they could do that and not have her have all the titles again. I Amen. think this is going to be a great match. Um, Team Bianca got all the gold though, right now. <laughs> I I know they don't want to have a Bailey all the gold angle. They don't want to do that again. They they want to have it, and the thing is, they're going to make it right somehow. But um, 
I, I really just think it makes a lot of sense to have her chase. And the thing is, is that she can't chase and get the title back immediately because she has to go into war games. And if she does, if she is the first woman on the main roster to win a war games match, then I think she'll get the title back in Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble and, and leading into whatever she does at, at, uh, at Mania. You could have a smooth 60 to, 60 to 70 day reign for Bailey if you were to have her have Bianca drop it here. I still, yeah, I can't bet against Bianca Belair. I just think she's going to win. I can't even see, I can't picture in my brain her losing. I legitimately think she's holding it at least until WrestleMania and probably even further than that. That would be, that's Roman Reigns level. She got, she got that, she got that heat. She, listen, man, she about to get that. We get, They call it in the biz, that Mandy Rose push right now. Oh, Come on now. Oh, shout out to Report. Shout out to the war report. Uh, next up, I, I'm I'm confused here. Okay, I got two. I got two. I'm two. I'm I'm of two minds of the subject here. Sure. What do you think's main eventing? What do you think man is main eventing between Brock and Bobby and Roman and, and Logan? Roman. One and of Logan. these matches, because because <laughs> my thing is this, like one of these matches has to go on like relatively early because I feel like the Brock Bobby's gonna have a lot of bullshit in it with tables and shit like that. But like Roman and Logan could also have a lot of overbooking and chicanery involved as well that's why i was like i don't know what i'm, I'm interested in seeing where they place bobby and brock because whatever follows it i'm gonna pray for you drew if it's you they have to follow that match it's gonna they're, they're not gonna care that much i think i could see brock and bobby opening the show somehow and then doing that and, doing, and then doing one of the tag matches to to follow that but um i'll do brock and bobby uh next this this match they said, you know what? We don't need no fucking story. They just want to fight. And I'm all for it. I think they've, they they've handled this. They should have out of WWF Warzone. <laughs> yeah, they, they've handled this extremely like, listen, it's on site between both of these two. Let's make you really kind of feel like there's going to be some chaotic shit. And I'm all for it. I'm, I'm into it. Um, as far as winners, you've now had Brock lose a lot of big matches this year, to say the least, as a babyface. He's he's lost a lot of big matches, but you've also had Bobby Lashley lose a whole title in order to be in contention, so to speak, to be in this match at all. Who would you have win? Brock. <laughs> are you ready for the for the? For, are you ready for the? Uh, are you ready for the argument? You already know what the argument is going to be if Brock wins this match. Hey man, Bobby beat Brock earlier this year. Have we all forgot? <laughs> Bobby beat Brock in January, one one. I ain't gonna say that we forgot now. And then we all took the win anyway, even though we know how it happened. But we was like, hey man, if they give it up, Bobby Bobby Lashley win. What you talking Season? about? How he won, man? He won a fair and square. He won a fair and square. What you talking about? Um, See, there you go. There you go. I think this is really gonna rule. be real good. I think this is gonna be real good. You know, not to mention the terror Bobby's been on as a baby face, but Brock is also kind of tweener baby face here too. It's gonna be interesting to see who cheer, who cheers for who because Bobby has been just one of the most surprising stories of the year in terms of people who um, the the audience has gotten behind. Um, but I'm I'll, I'll go ahead and for fun I'll say Bobby Lashley. I'll say Bobby wins this. Bobby who? I'm going. I'm going Brock. I'll go Brock. And now, main event time. 
Roman Reigns yeah, versus Logan Paul. <laughs> Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul. But no, I, I want to say we have known about this match since September. That is a crazy amount of lead-in to a match of this stature and size between Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. They're trying to sell you on the fact that now, I did not know this, he has pens in his hand that can knock you out. Who wrote this shit, man? Like it's true. It's true. Isn't it? No one wrote it. It's true. Alright. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he does. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Alright. I mean, yeah. That's all I'll say. I mean, yeah, that's all I'll say. I mean, yeah. But um, Nah, he ain't, he ain't knocking out Roman Reigns, though. Might have knocked out them a couple 40-year-olds. 43-year-olds. 50-year-olds. I think the knockout will come into play. I think that that's going to be a really big moment when he knocks Roman out and tries to get that near fall. Roman, the king of the near fall, I think will sell this very well. I think the story is, is if he can get that punch off or not. All right, let me see. Okay. Let's look at this man boxing record, okay? Um yeah. he has lost to uh KSI, who's an English YouTube and rapper. Um in his first match, so Logan Paul took that L. Um he then, I think there was a rematch, okay? 6 minute rounds resulting in another win for KSI via split decision. There ain't no judge scoring this Roman Reigns thing. And then he had an exhibition bout against Floyd Mayweather. And as it says, Mayweather's superior boxing was reflected in the compu bunch, compu bu- box punch stats. Box. Mayweather landed 43 out of 107 thrown compared to Paul's 28 out of 217 thrown. So Mayweather way more accurate. Paul a little bit less accurate. I mean, wrestling, he's faced. uh, He teamed up with The Miz. Obviously, The Miz carried him to victory. Then he beat up The Miz because he's ungrateful. Um, Now he goes up against Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. I don't know much about this. He ain't knocking out no Roman Reigns. I'm just saying. <laughs> he ain't knocking it's out no Roman Reigns, bro. Be part of the story. I love Roman's speech when he left the ring on Raw. I thought that that was just... I love when he gets in his bag like that. That's, that's Very boxer-esque. Very like, oh, yeah. man, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Come on. Exactly. I, lo- I loved it. Um, Listen, I, I, I'm into this. Celebrity wrestling, you know, I'm a fan of celebrity wrestling, except when, if it's fucking bow wow in it. That's not a celebrity. Um, I'm really interested to see how they play this out. I, I know that I know that Michael Hayes has a lot of work cut out for him. <laughs> it's good booking this match, <laughs> but I think it's going to be fun. I and, and I think that Roman Reigns is, of course, going to win. We are heading into war game season here. And I think the real story is, uh, Mules, who will the bloodline face? That seems to be that that's going to be that's going to be it for them. Um, I got a couple of predictions of who I think they, they could have. I think Sheamus is at the top of that list for me. 
as, as who could be on the babyface team. I think Sheamus, I think Drew, um, and those are the two I have so far. I don't I don't know who else they could they could, they could rock Shit, out with. Be, I, I guess Riddle might be Logan Paul. Might be Logan Paul to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be that, honest with Riddle KO, um, Bobby could be one as well. Um, I, I think that there is there is there's a really strong case for a lot of people to go against the bloodline because they've had issues with them. And I'm really interested to see what what war games looks like uh, come three weeks from now or four weeks from now. Wow. This is going to be special, but I'm looking forward to waking up on a Saturday afternoon and watching wrestling and seeing what comes out from it. Absolutely. Uh, I think this show should be fun. Uh, we, I mean, we're, we're, in a, we're in a hot period for, for what's going to come out of this with Survivor Series coming up and, and the, the looming War Games match and also what will happen with Roman Reigns uh, as he comes out of this. So we will be watching on Saturday, WWE Crown Jewel, and we cannot wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. Make sure you at me, at OG Johnny 5 and Meals, at Meals TV. To give us all your thoughts about what's going to happen at Crown Jewel. Make sure you tap into the War Report that we talk in a lot more in-depth about the releases for NXT, a lot more uh, AEW stuff. They've had a busy, busy month, meals. Like they, they've, they've, they've done a lot, and they, uh, and they, and they have a lot more to to bring to us on the War Report this week. And uh, yes, make sure you check out the Draft Diaries if you are subscribed to our Patreon. Five dollars down, you get to listen to all of our extra content, especially extra content on our shows. Uh, that's from here to Riders Room to War Report to all of our other shows that we have on the on the uh, on the you know in the in the backlist. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. For Meals, I am Justin, and we'll see you guys next week on the A Show. Peace.